Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your lawn and garden in shape. We do it right, too, with deals to help you save every day, like four bags of premium mulch now for just $10. And buy one one-and-a-half-cubic-foot bag of miracle Grow vegetable and herb garden soil. Get a Bonnie Basics plant for free. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 5-1 while supplies last. Bonnie offer valid on select 11.8-ounce pots. Valid in-store only. See store for details. U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. This is the Off the Glass podcast. This is your host, Z. Thanks for joining me today as we bring a fresh, thought-provoking perspective to the game of basketball. I'm honored. I'm excited to be joined by one of my more favorite people when it comes to the game of basketball, a Chi-Town legend when it comes to basketball, the culture, the people. You don't go into too many circles. You don't go in any gym in the city and don't hear this guy's name, no other than Jabba Maxi. How you doing, Jabba? Man, how you doing, Zach? Man, how's everything with you, bro? Everything is fantastic, man. Just excited to get this new year off to, you know, to a good start. How was your new year? Man, it was awesome, man. You know, spending time with friends and family and, uh, you know, just having a great time. Did y'all, um, every second of it. did you go to any parties or anything or did you just kind of stay at the house and, or whatever and just play it low key? Yeah, actually, man, you know, we had a party at, uh, at Society, you know, my man Bobby Simmons. Okay. Uh, Ex-NBA player. We had a um, had a party at the club uh, society, man. It was pretty nice. It was real nice, actually. Kind of like a black tie affair a little bit, su- suited and booted, yes, so to uh, speak. Yes, yes I, kn- uh, I know how y'all do it. I know how you do it. So yeah. um, we're going to jump right into it, man. I know your time is money, and I appreciate you joining me on, on, on episode 14 here. So just real quick, you know, tell... Tell the people a little bit about yourself. You know, where you're originally from in the Shire. You know, what's your hoop resume, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Yeah, man, you know, I'm, I'm originally from uh, Harvey, Illinois. You know, play ball at uh, Thornton High School. So for the and, people that, that know, that's a suburb south of Chicago, correct? Most definitely, yes. Okay. Uh, right. Harvey World. Harvey World. Who are Harvey some of the people World. that come out of that legendary high school, just so the people understand who we're dealing with today? Yeah, you know, from uh, Harvey or, or, the, or the high school. From the uh, high school, from Thornton. Oh, oh, yeah. You know, we got Rod Higgins, you know, that uh, used to be the GM for the Wizards. They're one of Michael Jordan's best friends. He actually from Harvey. Uh, we got uh, we got LaRoyce Hawkins on Chicago PD from Harvey. Okay. Uh, we got uh, Tracy Webster, Melvin Eli. Uh, we got one uh, Olympic gold medalist uh, that, that actually uh, wrestled there, you know, from, from Harvey. Uh, Hill. So, man, we got a, quite a few people, man. Uh, uh, TC Dazzler. We got quite a few people from Harvey, man, that's doing big stuff, man, and, and, did, and did big stuff. Led, led a good uh, trail. Right, right. So, you know, what about that hoop resume, though? Oh, yeah, man. You know, we got a lot of legends, man. Tracy Webster, mm-hmm. you, know, uh, you know, young Tracy Webster. We got uh, Eric Heron. Mm-hmm. You know, actually, that, that team that went, that whole team, actually, that went, lost back-to-back state championships. To uh, Peoria Manual, you know, we had Tracy, uh, you know, Melvin Eli, uh, Napoleon Harris, uh, Antoine Radwell. The football player, Ty yeah. Streets, the football player. Yeah. Matter of yeah. fact, yep. I yep. think we call that Ty the all-like pro team because you had Melvin Eli, years, lots of years in the NBA. Ty Streets played in the NFL, who's also coaching over there now, yep. running one of the top AAU programs in Main Streets. Randwell, yep. of course, Super Bowl winner. And then you got Napoleon yep. Harris, who just is, you know, running for Congress and serving, the, you know, the state of Illinois and doing big things right now. So, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. So, so very proud of those guys, man. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what's up. So you played there, and then uh, continue with your resume. 
Yeah, I went off and uh, played uh, collegiate ball at a junior college in uh, Florida, Palm Beach Community College. Mm -hmm. And then I signed a, a letter of intent with New Mexico State. Uh, actually, Garth Foreman, the GM for the Bulls, was the assistant coach there. He recruited me big time. So we have a great relationship. And uh, the reason why I signed New Mexico State because of Randy Brown, uh, used to play for the Bulls, uh, mm -hmm. NBA champion. And, uh, you know, Randy was like, man, it was a perfect situation for me coming out of junior college. And then I ended up playing a year. I ended up playing a year there and then I transferred and played my last two years at Oklahoma City University. It's an NAI Division One. Okay. Uh, won a national won a national championship in uh, 94. My last two years of college there, uh, we was 57 and 10. So I think, Ooh. you know, my little college career was pretty, pretty awesome. You know, average. I was 15 points my whole career, which is pretty dope. On, yeah, that's uh, that's really good. Full of great guys. And for those who don't know, mm -hmm. like people focus always on D1, D1, and rightfully so. But NAIA, especially Division One, yeah. I mean, it's nothing yeah. for you guys to go out and beat, you know, Division One teams when you had the, that exhibition season, you know, and, and play yeah. against some of the top competition because NAIA got good basketball. And I uh, actual yeah. stat I knew was that. NAIA has produced more pros than Division Two, II, Division Three, everybody else combined. Only D one outnumbers them. So some good basketball that's played that's in the NAIA. Yeah, that's big. I remember when I transferred there, I was coming from a Division One, and um, I thought that I was just going to go in and be the man. And come to find out, we had six D one transfers coming from uh, schools wow. like Oklahoma State, Louisville, uh, Dayton, mm. uh, UCLA, Arkansas. So I was like, wow. So. Yeah, the competition was nice. Uh, it was some of the best competition I ever played in, and I, I don't re I don't have no regrets of going from a Division One to an NAI Division One. Okay, all right. So after college, what you know, what was a young job of doing basketball wise after college? Well, after I graduated, man, uh, I had a, I had a young girl, and uh, so I didn't have the first year after college. I didn't get picked up by nobody. I played in a. LA Summer Pro League, and then I end up after a year. That's why I tell a lot of young guys about being patient. After a year mm -hmm. out of college, I end up uh, getting my first job in uh, Finland, and then <laughs> I played in I, play, I played in France, and then I played in uh, uh, Belgium, and then I played in Mexico. Okay, and uh, with, uh, over a span of like six and a half years. I laugh because all this time I've known you, I didn't know you spent time in Finland. My last two jobs was in Finland, actually. Before I, uh, yeah, I retired. Yeah. yeah, I played in Coca, Finland. Coca. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay, okay. Yeah. That's yeah. what's up. Mm -hmm. That's what's up. Okay. Um, far as, you know, Chicago, because like I stated, you know, I've been knowing you now, what, I'm like 36, since I was like 20, 21. And I remember back then mm -hmm. you were actually still um, competing with us, especially in the, the, the pro-ams, like the Time to Shine, IIT. You hadn't stopped playing yet. Um, but with that being said, you know, you've hooped a lot. You've been around the world, different tournaments and environments. Um, what makes mm -hmm. Chicago Chicago, in your opinion? Um, well, we have our own uh, identification here because of uh, the culture of, of basketball here. You know, everybody look at Chicago. The first thing they think about when you talk about basketball, they think about Michael Jordan. And But th this culture that we set in stone here has been here way before Michael Jordan. You know, you have to look at the, the Ricky Greens, the Maurice Cheeks mm -hmm. and stuff like that, the Terry, the Terry Cummins and stuff, Wes Matthews and Al Frederick Hughes and all those guys. Then Isaiah got three Thomas. Yeah, Isaiah Thomas, you know, Ben Wilson. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, 
you got guys that didn't even make it to the pros. That was great. I'm talking about pros know these guys. And so the culture of Chicago basketball is totally different. And, and the way we play is totally different. I done played all over. And, you know, like I, I always tell some of my friends, like New York basketball, you know, it's tough, but it's predicated on ball handling and getting to the basket. Mm-hmm. And when I go in, when I'm on the West Coast, you know, the basketball game on the West Coast is more predicated on shooting jump shots, you know, long-range jump shots. It's, it's more soft. But in Chicago, you know, we've got a melting pot of everything. You know, you mm-hmm. got guys who put it on the floor, who get to the basket, who's going to dunk on you, uh, can shoot it from anywhere, post up. You got guards posting up. You know, you got bigs that can shoot it. So here in Chicago, it's a melting pot of the overall game here. Mm-hmm. I, you know? I agree with that because mm-hmm. I know growing up, me being – a south side, east side guy, then I moved to the suburbs. You know, we kind of did everything, but I remember going out west, you know, you played 32. And, you know, everything mm-hmm. was predicated on getting to the basket and playing tough and what your skills yeah. are. And, you yeah. know, an example of that, you would and, see and, like a David Bailey, who's all of what, 5'7", five, 5'8", yeah. five, but can go down on the block exactly. and post people, got, post people up and get buckets. Exactly, man. And that's and what's crazy is, is like you, when I talk about L.A., you know, you talk about shooting jump shots and you talk about New York, more guys is getting to the basket, trying to finish on you, trying to cross you up and all that, you know, the ball handling. But then in Chicago, we pretty much almost have the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like the, the West Side is like New York. Them guys get to the basket. They play hard. They dive on the flow. I mean, that's that's their style of game. They're going to press you 24-7. South Side jump shots, you know, posting up and stuff like that. So I can tell when I see players sometimes where they from by the way they play. I agree with that. You know, and with that Mm -hmm. being said, you know, it's different nowadays, and we're going to get to that in a minute, but what is the toughest place you've played outside of Chicago? The toughest place? Yeah, like what city or tournament where you was just like, man, they got it cracking out here. The competition was a – was just unbelievable the environment like guys was really hoping like really getting it in man i got to say out of all the cities major cities that i've been to you know you're talking about new york la philly dc oh man indianapolis but bro this may sound outside the box but houston no, that don't houston. sound I, I hear a lot about that what 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 makes houston so tough because i know you had lived down there and um you know, actually had befriended some people. If I'm not mistaken, you knew Jonathan Simmons before he was Jonathan Simmons, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, I connected him with his uh with the agent, okay. Mark Bartlestein on Priority Sports, which got him going. Now he's uh in the NBA. He's been in the NBA ever since. So right, yeah. But mm-hmm. but, but Houston man is yeah. uh, unbelievable, man. Uh, the because uh, they all they do is play ball. I'm talking about really you get to the gym. That's all they do. Like, and I tell people, like, the culture here is totally different. Like, we got so many distractions. Right. If you get a player that's serious about basketball, man, he's he's going to be successful because that's all he want to do. And and then you know, a midst of the violence, mm-hmm. excuse me, the midst of the violence, uh, uh, of the distractions. You know, everything was going on in the city of Chicago. And if you got a kid here that's focused on playing ball, he's pretty much going to be successful. Mm-hmm. And in Houston, in Houston, that's they focus. It's playing ball. If you got ball players out there in Houston, that's all they do. They in the gym three times a day. You know they don't have as many distractions because the city is not as big as Chicago. But right. the co- the competition, it's a lot of pros, man. I was I was kind of uh, shocked when I went down there and played down there 
and on every level. I'm talking about every level. It was, it was, it was awesome. And then when those guys, and I brought those guys, some of those guys from Houston to Chicago and played against some of the best talent here, and you can see the difference. Mm-hmm. Isn't it? I think it was you that said it. So I had didn't Moses Malone, the late great Moses Malone, didn't he have a run down there in Houston as well? Like that he was still still playing. Yeah, Moses Malone, um, uh, John Lucas. You know, those guys were actually, you know, still playing. And then after they were done playing, they'll still come and watch, like Clyde Drexler. Okay. So you got those type of guys coming in the gym, watching guys like Gerald Green, Jonathan Simmons, Mike James, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Rayford Austin. You know, you got guys like all that down there in Houston and still getting it in. DJ Augustine, you know, all those guys come back in Houston and they play. And it's, it's unbelievable. Mix with the guys is so many guys playing in the G League and uh, overseas in Houston. It's unbelievable. Well, I wouldn't. I, I heard it was like that, but I didn't know it was really like that because I never really talked to you about your times in Houston. But man, that's I, that's incredible. I know part of it too is it's like crazy humid out there. So it's like either you yeah, stay but, in the house or you get into a gym anyway and do something until the sun go down. Because I heard yeah. it's like it's crazy. You think Chicago summers is bad? They said you ain't seen nothing yeah. until you seen Houston. Yeah, on the average, on a on a hot July day, the whole month of July, it's a hundred plus. Wow! And ain't nobody ain't nobody outside to seven eight o'clock. But during the day, those guys is in the gym. They in the gym hooping. They in the gym, and and, and that's their culture, man. They 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 kind of remind me of Chicago. And you know what? With that being said, that kind of transitions perfect to my next question. You know, nowadays, especially because I'm getting up there. I'm not saying I'm old, but I'm more closer to forty. But, you know, you hear a lot of people talking about how they miss how it used to be. And, you know, do you remember this tournament? Like, you remember the low-end tournament on the Ickies? And, you know, I remember in 95, the summer of 95 was like my eighth grade year. And I remember going to De La Salle High School. And that summer, sitting there watching a young Kevin Garnett play with a young Stephon Marbury. Who knew they, a year or so later they was going to be teammates in Minnesota? But, you know, mm-hmm. remember in that one day I watched – Mark Aguirre give Dickie Simpkins like 54 in the same game and Randy Brown and Tim Hardaway and, you know, they moved it to IIT that summer because of the, the floor issues. But, you know, what kind of happened to that time period in your opinion? Uh, that's part one of the question. And then part two is you think we'll ever see that again. But first, what happened? You know, it seems like and then if you even if you want to, I want to ask you this. I was curious. Um, you're, you're old enough to remember Shy State back in the day. When Jordan mm-hmm, and them was mm-hmm. playing, so let's do that first. Mm-hmm. What what was Shy State like? You know, I hear a lot of the stories, but you know, for somebody that was there, what was that like back in the day? As far as the pro am, man, it was like it was like the NBA All Star Weekend. It was like the NBA All Star Weekend, and every weekend in Chicago, because you know you're looking at one of the greatest players, uh, if the greatest player ever to play the game, and Michael Jordan coming in the uh, gym, and then you got all these pros back in the days. That's when we had so many pros from Chicago that was actually playing in the NBA. You know, you look at, you know, the young Michael Finley and all those guys and Juwan Howard. Those guys were young right. playing in the pro-am. And then you got Wes Matthews, Al Frederick Hughes, Terry Cummins, Mark Aguirre, Isaiah Thomas, uh, Kevin Duckworth. You know, and the, and the pro-am back in the days actually was the pro. Damn. And it was it was. Yeah, it was like the pro am. I mean, you when every weekend when you came in there, you didn't you not never know who you was gonna see, and uh, that what made our pro am so unique. And and they played hard. And back then, 
you know, the sponsorship for the program was totally different than it is now. Okay. You know, uh, we had team, you had teams like Ebony Jet, uh, Playboy, you know, so like teams was, they had more corporate sponsors. So every team was sponsored by a, a major corporation. Wow, you know, I did and not know that. With, yeah, so it wasn't just like Nike. It wasn't a Nike league. It wasn't sponsored by Nike or nothing like that. Nike had a small part in it, but no way near like the major corporate sponsors like Aerial Mutual, uh, 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 the Daring Group and stuff like that. So it was it was huge back then, you know, with sponsorship. And then and and it was it was like everybody looked forward to coming and catching the bus, and it was it was unbelievable. And I don't want to highlight on him because he's not from here. I kind of want to keep it based on Chicago. But I know they said Jordan came through and played just like everybody else. But what did it mean to see, like, Isaiah Thomas and Mark Aguirre, like and Mo Cheeks, like those guys, like I'm like Eddie Johnson, like those guys really out there playing. Like what did that mean to, to somebody like it, you when you was it, young growing up? It's it, super inspirational. And that was like our main thing coming home from school or whatever. Mm-hmm. We wanted to play in the pro. We wanted to play in a pro-am, you know, that was like a part of basketball. That if you play in the pro-am, you was considered one of those guys here in Chicago. And, you know, and, and like you said, like the times is changing. I'll, I'll touch on that as well, but that's what it meant. It meant like to be, to get on that stage. Cause to get on that stage was like playing in the NBA. It was like our NBA. No, it, it most definitely was. Even in the nineties at IIT, I mean, you still had um, classic games and classic moments. Like I remember coming and watching Allen Iverson come in and have almost 40 and then even lace his shoes up. Like people think I'm exaggerating when I'm like telling that story. I'm like, nah, bro, like he didn't even tie his shoes up and have one of the easiest forties yeah, I ever seen. I mean, I remember seeing like, and this was when Tim Hardaway, like, let's just be honest, he was, what, two, three knee injuries in? He might have still been in the league, but he wasn't like the Golden State Tim Hardaway. But he was still, mm-hmm. would still cook you. Like, like would still get yeah. – and then, like, sit in the crowd next to, like, Michael Finley. And I remember sitting next to Allen Houston. Like, it was really a big deal. So, in your opinion, what you yeah. think changed? Because some people will say when they started letting some of the younger guys play, that kind of changed it, like, as young as even eighth grade. And these guys – actually grew well, up to be, you know, be legends, but they felt like it was kind of, you know, like a Will Bynum, but they felt like it was still a little too early for them to kind of get that stage. Do you think that was part of it? Well, or do you think it's more to it? No, it's, it's so much more to it, man. And first of all, I want to give Antoine Walker yes. a major shout-out. Yes. Because Antoine, Antoine Walker is, to me, Chicago basketball. Uh, because Antoine Walker, when he was Cyber Twine in the NBA, <laughs> Antoine Walker kept it. He kept the pro am. He did. He where, did. Where, 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 he kept it to that level. He kept it up to that high level, and 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 uh, you have to credit him because Antoine Walker was the reason why a lot of those players in his era was coming to Chicago to play. You know, okay. and and I and I can give you the breakdown on why the pro am fell off to me. Why the culture of Chicago basketball fell off, and and this will this will blow your mind. Go okay, ahead. I'm waiting. So, I, I've been wanting to know this for the longest. Okay, so when the pros used to come there because Michael Jordan got trained by a guy uh, uh, out of hoops, Tim Grover. Okay. Okay. When Tim Grover trained Michael Jordan, everybody wanted to be like Mike. They wanted to know what makes this man the way he is. 
So that made Tim Grover a hot commodity in the NBA world. So every NBA player that had any type of something wrong with them on the offseason, they was coming to Chicago. And so then while they was here, they Antoine Walker, they would play, they would scrimmage over at hoops. And Antoine Walker would be in, at, at scrimmages kicking their butt and then telling them they need to come and play in the real pro-am. So they would come play in our, they would come play in our pro-am, right? Mm-hmm. So when Tim Grover, all these years, the pro-am was nice. Antoine Walker still playing, everybody, Jawan Howard, Mike Finley, uh, et cetera. When Tim Grover shut down hoops, a lot of the players weren't coming to Chicago. Now, it's, it's like three factors uh, uh, that's, that's with this as, as well. You, you look at the crime that's in Chicago. Yeah. You look at you look at the the attitude of the of of us. You know, like we got that. I don't care if he played in the NBA, and it ain't <laughs> that I don't care. It, it, it ain't that I don't care he played in the NBA. I'm gonna go at him. It's that we just don't care who he is. Right. And so with that Chicago mentality, with the crime going on, and then Tim Grover shutting down who's with pros don't want to come here. Guess what? Why would somebody fly from L.A. from Miami to come to Chicago then? For what? Right. We treat them. We, we, we don't treat them well. We got all this crime going on. So guess what? They'll go to L.A. and play in the Drew League yep. and, and get treated like a pro. And, and I'm going to give you an example. I was in L.A. for the ball-up tournament. Okay. And Derrick Rose and Will Bynum came to the game in L.A. to watch us play. They walked in with 15 security. Wow. Now in Chicago, in Chicago, everybody be like, "Why?" But if you look at it, because they got treated like professionals. I mean, you got these guys all their life, the, the the sweat, blood, and tears to make it to the NBA. They deserve to get treated like professionals. Mm-hmm. And here in Chicago, we don't treat them as such. And in LA, they can go to LA. They can walk in with security. They still sign an autographs, and those people really want to meet them. In mm-hmm. Chicago, we don't have, we don't do that. So why would players come here to play? Like, and I tell people, we got two players right now that that can only hold Chicago up. Antoine Walker is kind of pushed to the side. You got Anthony Davis. You got Jabari Parker. Yep. But I love those guys to death. I know them both personally. But guess what? They both like introverts. You know, they both right. They they not the outgoing, outspoken guys like Antoine Walker was. So it's it, it'd be hard for those guys to get people to come and play in our programs in Chicago. So now it results to a lot of guys that play overseas, a couple of NBA players every now and then, and that's what our program came to now. Right, and um, but it's gonna take like a Derrick Rose, uh, Jabari Parker, uh, Anthony Davis, uh, Jaleel Okafor. It's gonna take those guys to really step up to the plate and bring bring that uh, culture back to Chicago as far as the pro-am. And that might not be, and I'm not blaming them, but that just might not be one of their interests. Like you said, from what I've gathered from talking to different people, like their personalities doesn't even lend to that. And um, I know, like, when I finally was able to finally play at the pro-am, I kind of caught the tail end of it. But even then, you were able to get somebody like a Gilbert Arenas to come play in the time of shine when he was – at the peak of his powers, because he was actually working out mm-hmm. at um, because after he shut hoops down, he had Attack Athletics, but he was working out at Attack. But he was really probably the only big time name pro that was still coming to Chicago like that. Right, right. That's something else. Yeah, that's true. I was just saying that basically though too. At the same time, you know, 
we know it's more than Chicago than all the violence they want to talk about. But at the same time, that's a real thing right now. Like people don't want to come to the city um, and have to worry about, you know, getting, yeah. you know, stuck up at the light and all this other kind of crazy yeah. stuff that's going on now. Like, so you can't yeah, necessarily because, blame them for that either. Exactly. exactly. And I don't blame them because if you think about it, look at this. Oh, oh, three NBA players that I know personally been robbed here. Yeah. In Chicago. That's from here. Bobby Simmons. Yep. Eddie, Eddie Curry and Antoine Walker, they all been robbed here by our own uh, people here in Chicago. So that stuff gets around the NBA. And people who know who they are. You know, exactly. one thing about Chicago, it's a big city, but I always say it has a small town feel. So it's not like exactly. people are walking around that did just didn't know who Bobby Simmons was. Like, don't nobody know who, aside from their size, like people recognize and really know who these guys are because one thing I think a lot of – Urban cities in Chicago is no different, but I think it's really true here in Chicago is how much the gangs, the thugs, the dope dealers, whatever you want to title them as, they know these guys. So it's very it, the culture is very intertwined with each other as far as the street culture and basketball culture. So, you know, you can't blame these guys for not wanting to um, um, come back to the shot. Real quick, though, um, who's the best player you've seen come from the shot? And I mean, besides Isaiah, Aguirre, um, even Benji or Ben Wilson, in your eyes, who you think is one of the best players to come from Chicago that you've seen? Uh, one of the best players to come out of Chicago? Mm-hmm. Uh, pro or non-pro? Let's do one non-pro and let's do one pro. Okay, pro, the best pro come out of Chicago. The best pro... Uh, you got to say Isaiah Thomas. Okay, you still gonna go with Zeke? Okay, that you've seen play. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, and you know, and I, you, I got to give props. You know, you got a lot of pros coming out of Chicago. You got to give props to Derrick Rose, man. I mean, he's the MVP. He's probably the only MVP uh, of all the NBA players that ever came out of Chicago. He's probably the only MVP of the NBA. Yeah, I think he is. I think he has that title. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Derrick got that title. So, you know, if you're looking at that, but if you're looking at overall, you know. Uh, I say Isaiah Thomas, uh, and now uh, non-pro, tough. Uh, I, it's a lot of them, man. That's, that's I mean, a I tough name. question. I know that. Yeah, you look at guys. You look at guys like Rob Feaster. Yeah. Rob Feaster, man. Oh my goodness, bro. He went to uh, Holy Cross. Unbelievable, unbelievable. He was unbelievable. You look at Michael Herman from out west. Oh my God! <laughs> you know, um, unbelievable guy. Uh, you look at Antoine Hall. You know, I can go on every yes. side of the town yes. and pick a guy that was so good that you say they should have been in the NBA. So you look at that man, and uh, 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 it's it's, it's kind of crazy. All right, we're going to pause real quick, take a quick break, and then we're going to be back and finish up with Jabba on the other side of this break on the Off the Glass podcast. Welcome back to the Off the Glass podcast. Again, you in tune with your boy Z as we sitting here chopping it up with my man Jabba. And before I get you out of here, Jabba, I just wanted you to see what you thought about the um, the NBA season so far. What you what, what do you like? What you don't like? What is your what is your feel for the season? Uh, this year it, it, it's exciting because it's like a story. It, it reminds me of a story. You know, you got you got four or five 
teams that's supposed to be there because of uh you know the the com- the, the combining of teams and all this stuff, and then you got the teams that don't have as much talent as cards. So, uh, yeah, you breaking up a little bit, so I don't know where you where you move to. Okay, you hear me now? Yeah, you good? You good? You breaking uh, you breaking up again? I don't know what's going on. There you go. There you go. So wherever you at, right there. Yep. Yeah, right here. Okay. Yeah, I'm just saying with the uh, combining of the teams uh, in the NBA, you know, it's like a story. Mm-hmm. And then you got you got teams like the Bulls, uh, the Wizards, uh, Utah Jazz, uh, Detroit Pistons. You know, team a Minnesota team that's on the rise that can make a that can make an impact and and, and possibly can knock off one of those power teams. You know, right? And so. It's kind of exciting. You know, you have to look at the ups and downs of all these teams like Cleveland been having its ups and downs with the power team that they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oklahoma City been having their ups and downs with the power team that they have. Uh, Houston Rockets most definitely uh, having their ups and downs. Uh, Golden State, of course, having their ups and downs. You know, right now, and I think they've been playing, they was playing real good without Steph Curry. Now Steph Curry coming back. And so, and Utah Jazz is one of those teams that you have to compete with. They probably gonna have the rookie of the year on that team. So uh, it's gonna it's me looking at Philly. You know, look at Philly. You know, Jordan B. You know, and 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 Ben Simmons and those young that young crew over there that can most definitely knock somebody off. And you got uh, you know a Chicago native Rob Covington just signed a sixty million dollar deal. Uh, uh, that's that's with them. He's also leading the NBA in three point percentage. Yep. And so you look at that team, and they, they can be scary. And then, let alone, you look at our Bulls, uh, they better than what they record show. You know, yeah, um, yeah. I think it was key you know, for them to get Miritich, regardless of all the stuff that happens. But Miritich yeah. and Portis back on the court. And, you know, for the record, yeah. somebody that hoop, how often do them fights happen? I was trying to explain to people, fights happen all the time. It's just yeah, that nobody yeah. gets their face broken usually, but fights happen yeah. all the time. All the time. People think you arguing on just a pickup game or just in a regular basketball league. That's, that stuff happens on every level, you know, yeah. and sometimes it's fights and sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's scuffles and sometimes it's not. But, right. yeah, I, you know, seriously, that must have been something totally different. And uh, I actually know Bobby Portis personally, so okay. and I know what type of guy he is. He's actually a great guy. So uh, I don't know Mirchitz, but uh, I'm quite sure that that you know both of them probably got up on each other's skin or in each other's face, and somebody just wasn't taking it. Yep. But uh, but you know the Bulls is they they good they good with both of them. But unfortunately, uh, from from what I've been hearing, is the Bulls is going to deal uh, Bobby Portis in a trade. You know that's why they probably that, that's why they let him uh, get off and play so his value can be up there. You know, so so he can get some good from the trade. Okay. But uh, yeah, I don't think they was going to get rid of Mirchik. They just signed him a lot of money. So, right. um, but you know, the Bulls is just man. One thing that you're going to get out the Bulls is, and it's been their culture ever since the Jordan era, is they play hard. Yeah, they you know, do. Thibodeau, when Thibodeau was here, you know, he's a defensive coach. They still playing hard. You know, ain't nobody, they're not getting blown out, really. You know, when they lose games, like, they just lost the other night by four points. And the night before that, they lost that, I think, two points or something like that. So, uh, you know, so it ain't like you, you just go in and watch them play and they're getting, they're right. getting totally demolished. Yeah. 
one more question, and I'm gonna get you out of here, man. I appreciate your time, man. Um, man, it's all love. It's all been love. a lot of debate about where LeBron is, and is he better than Jordan and all this. Me personally, he's not better than Jordan. I mean, they're two t different types of players. For me, I got LeBron probably ranking um, fourth all time, and I got Jabbar and Jordan as one A and one B. I got Magic, then I got LeBron, and I'm going. Uh, uh, with Russell running, running out my top five. Where do you think LeBron is going to be when it's all said and done, in your opinion? Well, I don't want to be selfish because I'm from the Jordan era. Right. But, uh, man, I'm going to give you a, 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 an analogy, a short analogy. Why do they call Muhammad Ali the greatest and not Floyd Mayweather? And Floyd Mayweather ain't never lost a fight. I tell people this. Why? Why do they call Muhammad Ali the greatest and not Floyd? Because they call Muhammad Ali the greatest because of not what he did in the ring, it's what he did outside the ring. Correct. You know, he was very, he spoke very eloquently at a 20, as a 22-year-old man going up against all the perils of life and uh, racism and everything that was going on at the time will still exist to this day. And you look at a player like Michael Jordan, who I love dearly, that's my fraternity brother, uh, was, he never spoke up for the people. Right. Uh, you know, and I don't know if it was because of the brand or the Nike brand or whatever, but you look at a player like LeBron. How could you hate him? I this, agree. Guy, this guy's breaking records, doing stuff on the NBA court that a lot of players ain't done. And he's doing it in a, in a time that he's doing it in a, a time and fashion uh, that's, that's unprecedented. And then you look at what he stands for outside of basketball, mm -hmm. what makes him, that what makes him great. You know, uh, building schools and you know, donating millions of dollars to colleges for, for uh, black youth and everything. So, um, you know, outside the game of basketball and, and, what he do, and what he's doing on the court, I would have to say when it's all said and done, LeBron would be the greatest player of all time. I mean, that's something to really think about because, you know, I think that got lost, too, and I'm glad you remind We always look at just their contributions on the court, but what he's done mm -hmm. off the court, you're right. I mean, I don't think we're going to see, besides the people that came in that era, like a Bill Russell, um, um, Jabbar did some things, uh, uh, Ali, but nobody exactly. nowadays is doing anything on the level, and, at least that I know and, about, and, that LeBron's doing. That's a great point. And, and, and LeBron in the NBA – is a great leader, not only for his team, but for the NBA. Right. He leads the NBA. No matter what nobody say, LeBron, once he do something, people will follow. So that makes him very powerful. Michael Jordan didn't do that. Right. You know, right. Michael Which Jordan kinda, didn't do that. Which is kind of disappointing because I haven't been around him as much as you have, but I've been around him a few times. You know, I've been out to the house when he was here and played and all that. And he has mm -hmm. that presence where he could have easily done it. Like, people, yeah. like, don't understand, like, like it's hard to explain, like, when you're in the presence of somebody like that. Like, it wasn't even the fact that he was Michael Jordan, but it was just, like, something around him. I guess they call it, like, your aura. You know, Dave Chappelle was joking yeah, oh, about yeah. it. But, like, he really has that. Like, he really hey, man, does. Let, let me tell you something that, that may sound far. It's, it's actually going to sound far-fetched. But check this out, bro. All this crime, all these guys in Chicago with these guns illegally. Man, Michael Jordan can stop all that. This may sound crazy. Man, his shoe is the most powerful, most highest paid, I mean, highest selling shoe ever. Jordan can give away shoes for if guys turn in their guns. He can be like, 
Man, you turn your gun in, you get two, three pair of joys. Every gun you turn in. He can literally flip-flop the game right now. No, nah, you're right. He, you, can, he would have brothers actually going out probably stealing guns from other people yeah, to show them. have people stealing guns to bring <laughs> to drop guns off to get joys. You're right. I agree. I agree. Well, he has that type of power. He does. He does. And, you know, it's like I said, I kind of – was unfortunate to see, but man, I could talk to you for hours, man. I don't want to keep you too long. Um, I appreciate your your time today. You were the first interview on the Off the Glass podcast, and hopefully, you know, we can link up like down the road when the finals and discuss the finals or something along that nature. But man, I appreciate your time, man. Man, and, most definitely. I thank you for having me, man. And I most appreciate that. the love, man. One thing about you, man, ever since day one, man, you, you always supported everything I did on the court. And I just want to say I appreciate that, man. You were definitely one of those um, those vets that had that leadership to kind of, you know, guide us when I was coming up, man. I just want to say I appreciate everything you've done and everything you mean to Chicago basketball. I appreciate it, man. I thank you so much. I'm humble. All right, Jabba. Uh, anything else, man? Before we get out of here? Man, that's it, man. Hey, I, I say let's do this again. All right, man. I appreciate your time, man. Okay, bro. And I'll bring this episode of the Off the Glass podcast to a close. Thanks to my guest, Jabba Maxi, for joining me today as we chopped it up. Talked a little bit a lot about Chicago culture, a little bit about the NBA. Thanks for his time. I want to say thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe, download. Go to iTunes, go to SoundCloud, go to Spreaker. That's the hosting site, S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. Make sure to follow me on Facebook under Zach Ramey. Go to Twitter, ZJ Off The Glass. Um, Just make sure to support the podcast. Be safe out there. This is your host, Z, signing off. Peace. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your lawn and garden in shape. We do it right, too, with deals to help you save every day, like four bags of premium mulch now for just $10. And buy one one one-and-a-half cubic foot bag of miracle Grow vegetable and herb garden soil. Get a Bonnie Basics plant for free. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 5-1 while supplies last. Bonnie offer valid on select 11.8-ounce pots. Valid in-store only. See store for details. U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your lawn and garden in shape. We do it right, too, with deals to help you save every day, like four bags of premium mulch now for just $10. And buy one one one-and-a-half cubic foot bag of miracle Grow vegetable and herb garden soil. Get a Bonnie Basics plant for free. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 5-1 while supplies last. Bonnie offer valid on select 11.8-ounce pots. Valid in-store only. See store for details. U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii.